Well, today is the third Sunday of Advent. Gaudete Sunday comes from the entrance antiphon. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, for the Lord is near. And that word Gaudete, when we're looking at the Latin of which today's Sunday is called, it's an imperative. It's a command. It's not an option. The church is telling us that we must rejoice. We must have joy. Joy in our life is not an option. So there's a difference between being happy and being joyful. In a few hours from now, the Bears are going to beat the Packers, (laughs) and I am going to be very happy. And I'm going to call up Father Browning, and he can be joyful, but he's not going to be happy. But in real life, we look at at people, and you know, happiness is something that many different things bring us. Uh, Happiness, food, music, hanging out with family or friends, all different activities. But to be joyful, we don't necessarily have to be happy. And I hope we're all happy. I hope this coming Christmas season is, is happy and joyful for all of us. But the understanding that to be joyful, we do not need to be happy. We look at someone like St. Mother Teresa. Throughout her whole life, she became so famous for her smile. That understanding that that joyful life of Christ within her, she carried wherever she went. But after she died, we had the opportunity to look at her journals, and she may not have been happy all the time. She might have even gone through some serious depression over many decades, but that was never apparent, that joy of Christ, that understanding that Christ is the cause of our joy. And that's what we all want to have in our life. We want to be joyful. Yes, we want to be happy, but that joy is truly what we all strive for. So how do we have a joyful life? What is the cause of our joy that the church tells us we must have today? And it is that life with Christ, that understanding that having a relationship, a friendship with God is the cause of our joy. Prayer is the way we're able to bring our relationship closer to Christ. That going back and forth, that talking, just as you would with a close friend, those intimacies of a soul that we have in prayer with God is ultimately what's going to allow us to understand God, to understand Him better, and to have that joy in our life. And as the church says, there's four different types of prayer. They're all great, they're all important, we have to do all of them, but they're on different levels, okay? So the first couple, we have petition, petitionary prayer. I think it's something that we're all very good at. We look at God almost like Santa Claus sometimes. Like, God, I need this, I need this, I need this. I need my kids to pass their finals. I need my grandpa to get better. I need you know, my dad and mom to start treating me better and understand me, whatever teenagers think, I don't know. But we're really good at petitionary prayer. This may not, however, be the most selfless action. We're thinking about ourselves a lot. And while it's still very important, it's something that we need to do, we've understood that God, throughout of all of human history, has looked on those who have called to him. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. When all the Israelites so many different times have cried out, and we know when we're in true need, God takes care of us. So a petitionary prayer is important, but sometimes can be a selfish prayer. Contrition, understanding that at times we have faults, we sin, we hurt our relationship with God, and it's asking God, saying, God, this is where I've fallen, you know, please help me, very important. Thanksgiving, 
We're getting closer, less selfless. We're saying, God, thank you for all you've given me. And I think, I think people are, are honestly good at that. We recognize how we're so blessed to have God working in so many different aspects of our lives. And we thank him for that. And the highest form of prayer is adoration. The selfless prayer where we come before God and say, wow, God, I don't want anything. I just want to love you and recognize you for who you are, the goodness that you are, the greatness that is God. And it's in this adoration that we truly can hire the highest form of prayer that we can have in our life. That, that moment where we just, just say, wow, at the goodness and greatness of God. And during this time of Advent, I think it's really important that we spend a little time in that adoration. We've got all the forms of prayer and they're so important. We really should have them a part of our daily prayer. But that adoration, it's so important to get to know God, right? Imagine going to the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I, I really want to go there. It seems awesome. You can go there, you can look over and see the majesty that it is. And you can have some scientists there telling you all the facts and many different, how the history of it was formed, the different types of rocks, the different layers. But at a certain point, you can know all these different things about the Grand Canyon, but you just need to sit there and, and just say, wow, and just look at it, right? Understanding that, taking that moment and just embracing the beauty. And that's what adoration is. So as we get ready for the Lord to come, to rejoice is going to be knowing God. And it's through that adoration. For while he's coming, yes, in nine short days on Christmas, we're all looking forward to that second coming when Christ calls us home. And again, that could be very near for all of us. We never know what time the Lord will call us home. The Lord is near, that is true. And in those few moments after our earthly life ends, whatever that looks like, we don't know. But we're in, when we're in the waiting room, waiting to see God, what will that be like? What feelings will we have? Will we be afraid? Will we be anxious with excitement to meet the Lord? Is it a peaceful experience? What do you think it would be like for you? When we spend time in adoration, when we get to know God at that most intimate level of prayer, at that moment, we'll all truly be at peace knowing that we're meeting a friend. Just the way with your best friends, you know things about them that, that other people don't, that you have in that relationship that, that makes it important to you. That's what we're all called to have with God. And while prayer is the basis for that relationship, adoration is the highest form of that. And in these next nine days, as we're continuing through Advent, and I love saying and hearing Merry Christmas with all of you, but we do have to remember it is a time of anticipation we're still in Advent, we're still waiting to take that time for adoration, to take that time where anything in our life that's distracting us just kind of melts away and we can just clearly be present to God and the goodness that he is. And one way that can help us, this next week we'll have many times for the Sacrament of Confession. And I know sometimes we get up here and go to Sacrament of Confession and it's just like, ah, that's not for me. I really encourage you to attend the Sacrament of Confession before Christmas. It's so important for each of us. That understanding that just like if you went to the Grand Canyon and you wanted to behold the majesty, you wanted to see it, 
but if you had cataracts over your eyes and could only see, you know, 15, 20%, sin allows us, sin doesn't allow us to see the greatness of God. It blocks our ability to receive his love. And that moment of confession, that moment of mercy, that moment of grace in which God says, I don't care about your sins. They're, they're not that big of a deal. Your sin is the, most, is the least interesting thing about you. God says that sin is literally the absence of him. It's a void. It's nothing. It's not interesting. Whereas God's merciful love, that moment of grace of saying, like, I want to be your friend. I want to be in relationship with you. Please allow me to clear away from your eyes the things that are blocking you from receiving my love. That's what we have in the sacrament of confession, to break away whatever is keeping us from receiving that love of God. I really encourage each and every one of us to look at the bulletin, see when we have times for confession, and embrace that merciful love of God in that sacrament. Nine more days. The Lord is near. And as we all take that time to spend getting to know God through prayer and adoration, when he does come, we can all together certainly rejoice.